0: welcome to the northbound wealth podcast all opinions expressed by me my co-hosts or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of northbound wealth management llc this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment tax or legal advice or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities Clients of Northbound Wealth Management, LLC, may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hey, this is Brent Foster with your weekly market insights, Northbound Wealth Management, November 14, 2022. Do you have any questions over finance, investing, personal finance, your own situation? Please give us a call, 317-399-1107, 317-399-1107. Be happy to answer any questions you have. A cooling inflation number ignited a powerful rally on Thursday, sending stocks to strong gains for the week. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 4.15%, while the S&P 500 added 5.90%. The NASDAQ Composite Index rose 8.10% for the week, and the MSCI EFA index, which tracks developed overseas stock markets, picked up 5.72%. So what does that mean? The Dow closed the week out last week at 33,747. That's up 4.15% for the week. Year to date, that's down 7.13%. The NASDAQ closed at 11,323. That's down on the year 27.62%. MSCI EFA index closed at 1871 and change. That's down 19.88% for the year. And then the S&P 500 closed at 3,992 and change. That's down about 16.22% for the year. The 10-year treasury note closed at 3.82%, and that's about 35 basis points to the negative for the week. Year-to-date, that's up 2.30% for the year. So there you go. Um, Stocks surge. A lower than expected inflation report triggered the biggest one day stock market gain in more than two years as the news raised investors hopes for the Fed might consider easing the pace of future rate hikes. The day's gains were pronounced in the hard hit technology sector as the tech heavy Nasdaq added 7.35%. Stocks initially rallied to start the week but gave up some of the gains on Wednesday following a muddy and indecisive outcome to the midterms. Friday saw stocks build on their gains to close out an exceptional week. So what's the deal? Inflation moderates. So consumer prices rose slower in October, increasing 0.4% for the month and 7.7% from 12 months ago. Both numbers are below market expectations of 0.6% and 7.9%. The core CPI uh, number, which excludes energy and food sectors, rose a more modest 0.3% on a monthly basis, and 6.3% from a year ago. The deceleration in prices was mainly attributable to price declines in used cars, which was down 2.4%, apparel down about 0.7%, and medical care services down 0.6%. Despite the progress, inflation remains well above the Fed's 2% target rate. A look behind the numbers shows that October's 7.7% CPI, or Consumer Price Index, was fueled by the largest monthly jump in shelter costs since 1990 at positive 0.8%. Shelter costs uh, account for one-third of CPI. Energy was up 1.8%, while food costs rose 0.6% for the month. So this week, we've got key economic data coming out, producer price index on Tuesday. You're seeing a softening in that number. Uh, market is rallying substantially, at least as the it hasn't closed out the day substantially up, but it is rallying today. Today is uh, Monday and Tuesday, basically the bridge over from, that, from last week's numbers. Wednesday, retail sales uh, and, and industrial production uh, data is released. Thursday, housing starts, jobless claims. And then Friday, existing home sales and the index of leading economic indicators is released on Friday. So this week, companies reporting earnings. Monday, Tyson Foods. They did all right. Tuesday, Walmart. They did fantastic. That's a big reason why the Dow was up today. The Home Depot, um, which would be later on today. Wednesday, NVIDIA, Cisco, Target, Lowe's. The TJX companies, Thursday, Applied Materials, Palo Alto Networks, and Ross Stores. So big time investors like Warren Buffett, who released that he put a uh, $4 billion stake in Taiwan Semiconductor. uh, And that investment was released today in the press. I don't know actually when that took place, but if you look at the chart of Taiwan Semi, it was down and now it's up a lot after that news release. I find it interesting that the release of the news comes a day after uh, Biden was speaking with Xi Jinping about China's aggressive interest in taking over Taiwan, which uh, the main focus is to take over Taiwan Semi, which uh, uh, is the largest manufacturer in the world of chips. Uh, We've got a few years for the U.S. companies to kind of catch up and take over uh, manufacturing of chips, uh, probably before uh, Xi Jinping and China... Uh, focus on taking that over. It's pretty scary because a lot of defense systems are made out of Taiwan semi, and so it's very it's a it's a very crucial situation for us to make sure we protect our interests uh, in that region. Um, anyway, we'll be tracking that story for you uh, throughout the coming years because I'm sure it's not going to go away. Um, tax tip: so. Did you know that an independent organization within the IRS is fighting for your rights as a taxpayer? You may not have known that. Wow, they're actually advocating for you inside the IRS? Taxpayer Advocate System, TAS, protects taxpayers' rights by ensuring that all taxpayers are treated fairly and know and understand their rights under the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Didn't even know there was a Bill of Rights. Here are some things to know about TAS. Number one, TAS is can help (laughs) taxpayers resolve problems they haven't been able to settle with the IRS on their own. Number two, the service is free. Number three, TAS helps all taxpayers and their representatives, including individuals, businesses and tax exempt organizations. Number four, if taxpayers qualify for TAS help, an advocate will be with them every turn and do everything possible to assist throughout the process. And the number five TAS also handles large scale problems that affect many taxpayers. Again, this information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax professional. All right, there you have it. Brent Foster, Northbound Wealth Management CEO and founder. Hey, I just want to share with you guys a resource that I find that pretty much everybody needs at some point or another, and that is a budget. So what is a budget? Well, a budget, it's not a restriction on spending, it's a plan for what you'll do with money. It's a plan for what's coming in and what's going out. When you learn how to make a budget and do it every month, you're giving your money a purpose, you're taking control. So you're saying goodbye to money anxiety and hello to money goals no matter how you feel about budgeting right now, no matter what money goals you have, and no matter what your income, you can make and keep a budget in basically five steps. The first step is listing your income. The second is list your expenses. The third is subtract expenses from your income. The net result uh, is a surplus or a deficit, but track your transactions is step four. And step five, make a new budget before the month begins. And you, you just go through that cycle month after month after month. And I can guarantee you it's going to um, free up money and help you make decisions that are different than what you are making currently. Um, It also is the first step that you need to take to own your situation so that you can make investments into your future, Um, whether that's through education and 529 plans, whether that's IRAs or Roth IRAs or 401ks, which is Employer retirement plans, or if it's buying a house, buying a car, taking a vacation, and retirement. Um, so uh, it all starts with the budget. If you don't have a budget, then you you don't know where to begin, and you're really just drifting about an open sea. We got to have a plan, and so I highly recommend you guys sit down, go through a budget, figure out what your what your income is, what your expenses are, and land on you know where where can you guys cut out some things and uh where where might you be able to invest giving is a big part of that too so if you give you great you break the power of money over your life and it's great to be generous that's a very mature thing to do is to be generous and look for areas to help others after all that's why we're here so there's some really great tools um, out there. One of my favorites is Dave Ramsey. So if you're looking for a way to just get started, maybe like sign up for Financial Peace University. There's a lot of churches out there. There's a lot of areas uh, that are non-church based that that actually sponsor uh, classes on Financial Peace University. Uh, it's for anyone at any age out in high school, college and stuff. And it fills the gap for what the education system really is failing our culture on, which is uh, financial intelligence So, um, and being mindful about finances and how to actually handle your credit and handle um, your bank accounts, credit cards, debts, loans, and things like that. So it's just really exciting. Uh, Their website's great. It's Ramsey Solutions. Dot com, RamseySolutions.com, And again, uh, just to recap, um, Northbound Wealth Management and myself, we're not affiliated, we're not paid or compensated by anybody over at Dave Ramsey. Uh, I've never spoken to them or anything like that, but I really love their approach uh, to uh, personal finance. And there's a lot of really great things that are core and foundational uh, to finance, to money management. And the purpose of money, and your view on money, they can really address a lot of those things. So I highly recommend uh, looking at uh, their website. And they're syndicated, they're national, they're proven, and uh, it's just—I uh, I just love what they're doing. And so uh, please go out to that resource and check it out. Now, if you don't—if you don't know where to begin, or if you're very—if you're like maybe already in the middle of it, like let's say you're already doing something in Dave Ramsey. Uh, whether it's total money makeover or baby steps or some of that type of stuff and you don't know where to go from there and you and you need somebody to talk to in regards to uh, your personal financial situation please reach out uh, i'm happy to answer any questions that you have i have 15 years of experience in finance and investing so i'm happy to help guide you for example how much should i put in my 401k and and you know should i tackle this debt should i buy or lease should i Uh, invest in a taxable account? Should I put money into a Roth? All of those questions, you're not just left to your own um, decision-making, your own analytics, and it can kind of be daunting to, to kind of go through that and not know what to do. So that's why I'm in this business. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help you. Uh, whether it's what stocks to buy, what ETFs to buy, what what your portfolio mix should be based on your risk and tolerance, what your goals and objectives are. Um, if it's just simple budgeting stuff, um, all of those questions can be answered by sitting down and just having a brief conversation with a financial professional who's been doing it a very long time through all kinds of different market environments. So um, I'm that guy. I would love to talk to you guys. and. I think that a great place to start is something like this, especially if you're not exactly sure of what to do in your financial world. Um, And then on the flip side of that is maybe you already have a lot of the basics nailed. You're actually looking more for like, where can I make the most money? How should I allocate based on the risk tolerance that I have and where I'm at in the stage of life that I'm in? Uh, I might have millions and uh, I might be financially secure, but at the same time, are you free from your finances or are you a slave to them? And maybe it's more of like, how do we transition in a state? How do we look at giving Maybe I'm wanting to be more philanthropic in the way that I'm doing that. And how can I maximize those gifts and as more from an estate planning perspective? Um, and so we have a lot of resources at Northbound Wealth Management that can help you do that um, and talking through some of the complexities of doing that. But um, it's all about clarity, purpose, and having a plan and attacking it. And uh, over a long period of time, it's just a, a, a great situation. It can add a lot of value to you, your life, and your family. So um, please give us a call if you have any questions, whether you're at the beginning stage, the end stage, or somewhere in between. We're here to help and happy to answer any questions you have. Thanks so much. So about nine hours ago, I came across this article on Axios, uh, their website, and it has to do with the FTX collapse and the scandal that's going on there. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, it's in the cryptocurrency space and it's a massive failure. And they filed FTX, uh, filed for bankruptcy protection, and they're trying to hunt this guy down. Um, Apparently he's in the Bahamas, but his name last name, Bankman Freed, and uh, the article reads, uh, that th- he spent millions on uh, Democratic campaigns. This article was written by Dan Primack and Alexi McCamond of Axios. I love the stuff that they put out. So <clears throat> as far as Axios is concerned, there's a lot of really good information there that you can kind of follow. But basically dozens of congressional candidates, most of them Democrats, received campaign contributions or indirect financial support from Sam Bankman-Fried the crypto tycoon whose company collapsed last week. The big picture, uh, it's unclear where Bankman Freed's money came from. Forensic accountants and bankruptcy courts are on the case, but it could take months to untangle FTX's web of commingled funds. Many of the campaigns, including some of the losing ones, already spent the direct donations. Others have considered returning the direct donations, but don't want to be seen as helping to fund Bankman-Fried's legal defense. Another option is to donate the money to charity, as Representatives Chuy Garcia, Democrat in Illinois, and Representative Kevin Hearn, Republican of Oklahoma, recently did. By the numbers, so Bankman-Fried spent around $37 million during the last election cycle, almost all of which went to boosting Democratic candidates and causes. That made him the party's second largest donor, according to Open Secrets, and the sixth largest overall. The biggest outlay was $27 million to a Democratic political action committee called Protect Our Future. Its beneficiaries include Carrick Flynn, $10.5 million, who lost a Democratic primary in Oregon's 6th district, incumbent Georgia Rep. Uh, Lucy McBath, $2 million, and incoming Texas Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett, $1.5 million. Other, uh, others, winning, others winning campaigns that protect our future spent at least $1 million to support include Valerie Fauci, Democrat of North Carolina, Rep. Chantel Brown, Democrat Ohio, and Robert Garcia, Democrat California, Adam Haller a Michigan Democrat who lost, also received a million dollars in the PACS support. Axios reached out to each of those candidates for comment, but didn't receive any on the record uh, replies. He also donated more than half a million dollars to the Democratic National Committee, which also didn't return a request for comment, and made donations to congressional and Senate campaign committees for both parties. Bankman Freed also made maximum donations to many individual candidates, including Republican senators John Hoven and John Boozman of Arkansas. So uh, North Dakota and Arkansas. Elsewhere, Ryan Salam, a top bankman-fried lieutenant at FTX, also was a major political donor during the 2021-22 election cycle. His 19 million in spending all went to Republican candidates and committees and made him the GOP's 10th largest donor. The big picture. Last spring, Bankman-Fried pledged to spend upwards of $1 billion on the 2024 election, particularly if Donald Trump were to run. $1 billion is a decent thing to look at, as I would ha- hate to say hard ceiling, because who knows what's going to happen between now and then, but at least... Sort of a soft ceiling, Bankman-Fried said earlier this year on the What's Your Problem podcast. The bottom line is the business and tech worlds are still trying to digest FTX's sudden implosion and to limit any possible contagion. The political world will need to deal with its own sort of loss, including the fallout for those who unknowingly received ill-gotten gains. Boy, this is a uh, very interesting article, and they've been kind of covering this. Another another article right after that is Sam Bankman-Fried's money pit, and and it's goes it goes on to say, um, Sam, if I need a million dollars to cure world hunger, could you get it in an hour? Uh, that's a question I asked Sam Bankman-Fried last October, after having read that the billionaire FTX founder had relatively little cash in his personal bank account. His reply after a pause, I could. What I would do is I would basically be withdrawing it from companies. So, you know, you could dividend it out from FTX. Wow. That was his comment. Unreal. So this is a developing and breaking story that will follow and it will have a ripple effect into financial markets. So stay tuned on that and continue to follow what's gonna happen in the shakeup or shakedown of the cryptocurrency space.